It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. To, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another edition of Green Street, powered by FTN right here on Game Plus Network. Chris Meany hanging out with you. Got a lot to talk about here on the show. Always appreciate you guys hanging out with me live on our FTN Network YouTube page. If you are, smash that like button. If you're over on Game Plus Network, if you have any questions at all, uh, don't hesitate to reach out at Chris Meany. Uh, check out this video on our FTN Network YouTube page. Subscribe for free. If you're here, why not do that? Uh, but if you do have any questions at all, start and sit. We'll take some of that here on this show. Of course, it is only Wednesday, but our rankings are live over at FTNFantasy.com. And when I say our, I mean myself, of course, Jeff Ratcliffe, uh, of course, Adam Pfeiffer. But we also have Jeremy in the house today. His rankings are live over at FTNFantasy.com. He's doing some fantastic work for us. So we're going to pick his brain today. We're going to talk some buy low candidates, some sell high candidates. We'll take a look at the most dropped players in Yahoo!, over the last 24 hours, the most added players in Yahoo, as well as the most traded players over at CBS Sports. So we'll dive into all that. It's just two weeks in, but a lot of people are panicking. Uh, and I get it. You know, you're 0-2. You're dropping guys left, right, and center. You want to just try to find, you know, a couple players that can get into your lineup and score some fantasy points for you. Uh, two of the most dropped players over the last 24 hours are Bears. Cole Komet is not surprising to see the most drop, but... Darnell Mooney's a little bit surprising, but I totally understand it. The guy's done nothing through two games. I think he's got two grabs, four yards. He had one catch for negative four yards. They're not throwing the football. Are they going to throw the football more this week in a matchup against the Texans? Probably not. I mean, you can throw in the Houston Texans. That doesn't mean that Justin Fields will be able to cook. I don't know. I just had that conversation with Jake Seeley. Also can be found on Game Plus Network, all in football. Uh, Comes your way Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, 8 Eastern on Game Plus Network tonight. Also available on our FTN Network YouTube page. He was just talking about too many people saying, cook, let this guy cook, let that guy cook. What does it even mean? Uh, but that's a, a side joke. Betty in the house, what's going on, everybody? Um, a couple things I do want to say off the top before we break and we bring in Jeremy. Something happening live on our FTN Network YouTube page today at 4 Eastern. Uh, a live fantasy hockey draft with myself and Eric Young over at Underdog Fantasy. A lot of fantasy hockey content coming your way over the next few days. We're going to have a draft kit. Uh, nice little catch. We have a draft kit um, coming your way this week. Everything that you need for your fantasy hockey drafts. Rankings, sleepers, busts. 
uh, old faces and new places. Just taking a look at some guys that have changed jerseys. You know, there's a couple really uh, high-end players that changed teams this season. Jonathan Huberto, Johnny Goudreau, Matthew Kachuk. A lot of good players uh, switched jerseys this year. What does it all mean? How does it change for their value? Uh, we will be talking about busts, breakouts, uh, undervalued players, uh, and a whole lot more. Of course, rankings there over at ftmfantasy.com. Look for them this week. And we will have a couple episodes on this show where we dive into division previews, you know, uh, future bets in the NHL, not just Stanley Cup bets. Last year, we nailed eight of nine goal-scoring futures uh, for those north of the border. Cool bet. Uh, shout out to them. I believe it's cool bets. Uh, my apologies there. But they do have, and I haven't seen this in other books, they have, you know, future goal scorers. Certain guys, like last year, I believe we had, you know, Igor Ye we had Sharon Govich. Yeah, Igor Sharon Govich. We had a couple players. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but they have some some goal props, some futures over at their website. And, and and last year, I noticed that they were really low on a, on a couple players. I think they had like Taylor Hall at 10, uh, things like that. So we'll try to find some edges. We'll share a couple here on the show as well. But uh, we will have a lot of fantasy hockey talk moving forward. But that's really it for today. It is going to be a, a lot of football. Have a, a couple MLB props towards the end of this show. But Jeremy is hanging by. A couple news items I saw over the past 24 hours. Not really heavy. Um, you know, Marlon Mack signed with San Fran. I don't think we need to get too crazy. I do believe Mason is the number two uh, in the offense moving forward at least for now, but Jeff Wilson, if you have him and you picked him up after week one, uh, you got to be happy with the usage that he had in week two. And I think it does benefit him, you know, with no Trey Lance, you got Jimmy G under center, you know, maybe a few more rushing attempts and potential goal line work. We know that Jimmy's not going to tuck and run inside the, inside the five or inside the 10, not too often anyways. Uh, but, that was a news item that I saw last night. I don't think anybody needs to get too crazy. Jay's in the house. Let's do that hockey thing. Carolina Hurricanes, we will have a Hurricanes preview. I really like Brett Burns as an undervalued uh, defenseman, potential bounce-back candidate. I think he can get back up to being a top-10 fantasy hockey defenseman this season with the Canes. And then the other piece I saw is that uh, the suspension was upheld for Mike Evans. So he is going to miss this week's game. We could talk about Tom Brady with Jeremy. What do you do with Brady? Are you starting this guy? Would you actually roll the dice and start Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Tua Tagovailoa in a matchup against Buffalo? I think I would go with Tua actually in a matchup against Buffalo over Tom Brady. We'll see. Is Julio play this week? Russell Gage this week? Uh, they're missing a lot of players uh, in that offense, and Tom Brady hasn't done a whole lot. Both games have been under 220 yards passing, I do believe. A shout out to Mike Randall on the NFL betting show on Friday, coming your way this Friday at 5 Eastern uh, on our FTN Network YouTube page. And he smashed this bet under 277 yards for Tom Brady in that matchup against the Saints last week. It wasn't even close. He did not have to sweat that one out at all. Uh, so Brady did lead, lead everybody last year in passing attempts and passing yards and passing touchdowns. But of course, he is certainly shorthanded with no Godwin and no Mike Evans this week. Um, Leonard Fournette says the touchdowns will come. They just got to move the football. They can move the football a little bit easier or better. Uh, and it's been tough. And I don't know, this week against Green Bay, I don't expect a lot of offense between the Packers or the Bucks this week as well. We'll see what Jeremy has to say. We're going to break and we're going to bring in Jeremy. As I mentioned, I got some buy low candidates, some sell high candidates, just players I think are available, but do you even want them? We'll get Jeremy's thoughts on who he's looking to buy, looking to sell. We will visit the most traded players as well as the most added and most dropped players. If you guys have any questions at all at any point during the show, uh, leave them there and we will get to them. Now is the time. Uh, Jeremy does a lot of start and sit stuff as well over at FTMFantasy.com. So we'll break and we'll bring him in. Hang tight. We'll be back in a couple. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome back in Mean Streets Live on Game Plus Network here in our FTN Network YouTube page. As we bring in Jeremy Pope's FFH on the Twitter machine, you can catch a lot of his work over at FTNFantasy.com. Welcome in, dude. You're looking uh, ready to go. I love the background here. A little Dobbins, Williams, Ridley, Swift, football helmets. Do you like the Buffalo Bills, sir? Uh, I do. I am definitely a Bills fan. I am in Buffalo, so, you know, that's part of the uh, the mantra on the walls. Nice. You can't see, you know, I got a nice big flag, you know, so. Very nice. I've been to a couple Buffalo uh, games. Uh, uh, an amazing experience. Both games, of course, as you could guess, the weather was just atrocious. Like uh, sideways win. I, I couldn't really <laughs> enjoy the tailgate as much as I would like to. You know, the stadium's not the, you know, they built it in the wrong direction, so it's really a wind right. tunnel. So like yeah. I know you hear it on the on the on the broadcast and stuff. They sometimes bring it up, but it really does. It comes in the uh, the one side and it swirls in the stadium. It makes it it makes it bad. I used to have seasons and yeah, there were some. Games Not anymore. That it's, no, no. You know, I just well now is the time I to have seasons, dude. As the Bills are like I had them when, you know, at the top I, of the game. The Rex Ryan era. You know, like we got into okay. it a little bit. You know, we were like, yeah, let's do this, and then we were like, eh, let's not. And then Josh Allen became Josh Allen and. Now I'm like, dang it, I should have kept them. But, you know, it's it's nice to sit at home and just watch the game. You know, get to watch Red Zone as well, you know. Right. Stay up on you know, it. So That's that's actually a – it's a fun debate to hear people talk about actually going to a live game or sitting at home and watching all the games or, like, Red Zone. I've been to tailgates before where people don't even bother to go in and watch the game. They want to hang out in the parking lot, feel that vibe. They have a couple screens set up. Red Zone, they watch the game there as well, and, you, you know, you're not missing any action. Uh, but a live NFL game is, is really nice. Eric Young, who is a, a big football fan, we do set that spike – on uh, Game Plus Network and here in our FTN Network YouTube page. He says, no, I would rather sit on my couch and watch all the games than go to an actual NFL live game. You know, you were mentioning Josh Allen in the wind direction. I feel like the Bills are wishing that they had a roof on that stadium for the way that Josh Allen, you know, his cannon of an arm and some of the wind games that we've seen over the past couple of years. I think you would agree, right? A roof would probably be beneficial for the way that uh, your offense runs. A hundred percent. And they, they are building a new stadium. And so that is in the process, but they decided to scratch the roof. So there is no roof going on. So they are going to keep it open air, but I do. I agree. I'd love to see that offense in a dome setting, eight games of the year, you know, nine, depending on how the schedule plans out there. But I just think that it would benefit more to the, the, offense itself however i feel like the nfl likes to push that narrative that the bills play in the snow and they have this going on as demonstrated by the majority of their home games being in the back half of the season so it is beneficial to have such a good defense right uh, that the bills do have when teams come in and, and play in those type of, of weather games you know i really wasn't going to talk bills with you but since we have you and we're and we're you know see the bills set up why not uh, five and a half point favorites here against Miami. Josh Allen has just, uh, he's had his way with uh, the Dolphins. There's no question. Two is coming off the big performance. It should be 
you know, a really nice test for Tua and this offense against the Bills defense. How do you expect this game to play out? Do you feel like Josh Allen and the Bills continue to roll, or is this going to be, you know, a tight ball game? I think the Bills still, I think they cover that five and a half spread. I, I don't think you're going to see what we've seen the last two weeks. Um, I do think that it's going to be a little bit closer just because I do worry. I mean, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell are a tough tandem of wide receivers to cover. Um, but I, I'm still not sold on Tua um, to caveat into kind of what we're going to talk about a little bit later. But, like, the Baltimore defense wasn't isn't ultimately as good as what we have known them to be the last year or so. Um, so not that I'm discrediting what Tua did this last week because that was impressive as well as Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. I just I think the Bills test is a really good test and I think the Bills are significantly better than the Baltimore's defense so I'm just kind of like I don't expect them to do what they did to Baltimore and I think the Bills get up early like you had said Josh Allen's kind of just ruled the Dolphins since he's come into the NFL so for me I think that this game is a little bit closer I don't think you're gonna get that blowout like we had with the Rams and Tennessee but I do think the Bills handle it pretty well it's pretty crazy to look i know it's just two weeks in at the quarterback position and see the the quarterbacks who are leading the nfl and passing yards and quarterbacks that are inside the top 10 in fantasy you know you got tua you got wentz you got flacco a lot of these guys inside the top five so far it's very very early and of course a lot of that production from tua uh, came towards uh, the end of that game a, a phenomenal comeback and it was phenomenal it was just fantastic to actually watch those two in waddle and tyree kill just absolutely ball out I, i'm with you i'm kind of on the fence about tua I think I like him more than most. Uh, I'm willing to give him a, a benefit of the doubt over the past couple of years. You know, staying on the football field is key and, and health-wise. But, you know, he's he's won some big ball games uh, over the short course of his career. And this one will be a, a true test for him this week. But I want to talk about other things here. I got a list here of the most added players uh, in Yahoo. Up at the top, of course, is Garrett Wilson. No surprise. You know, on this show, Jeremy, we talked a lot about before the season started, I just felt like the gap between Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson was just too large in drafts. I, I didn't think that they, you know, Elijah was going as a borderline top 25, top 30 wide receiver, and Garrett Wilson was outside the, the top 40, 45. And, and now he's sitting here through two weeks. He's had a, a bunch of targets. He's still playing behind, you know, Elijah, still playing behind Corey Davis. I do like uh, him over Corey Davis, but he's been the most added player here after that big week and two touchdowns against the against the Browns. You get a couple quarterbacks here on this list. You know, Jimmy G got to replace Trey Lance. Carson Wentz is on this list. Talked about Tom Brady, you know, uh, just lacking a few weapons in another tough spot this week against the Packers. I don't know how cute you want to get um, starting some of these guys over Tom Brady, too, is also on this list. Darrell Williams on this list. Uh, of course, we can get into that debate whether you like him more than Eno. Eno is just outside the top 10 here. We're waiting on, on James Conner. It sounds like he might be good to go. Uh, Logan Thomas has had a couple nice games here. Johan Dotson as well. Jared Goff. So a lot of just trendy quarterbacks, I guess. You know, I don't know if you feel comfortable starting any of these guys in single quarterback leagues. I don't think that I do. Um, but let's talk about Wilson off the top. Do you view him as a sell-high candidate? Do you, are you Obviously, you like what you've seen from him for a couple weeks, but... A lot of people are now all of a sudden concerned about Elijah Moore. How do you see this playing out? Because we know that Zach Wilson is going to be back soon. Yeah, for me, I'm. So here's 
the way that I looked at it. All throughout the, the offseason, I was in on Garrett Wilson, okay? I, I do a lot of rookie stuff. I, I loved Garrett Wilson as a prospect. I thought that he was the best wide receiver in the class. Um, I still think that, and I still think that the situation wasn't as bad as people made it out to be. Elijah Moore was a, a good prospect. He's not bad. I'm not saying that by any means. But Garrett Wilson brings a lot of different things to the table. He's just such a violent route runner. He's violent after the catch. Just He's a very exaggerated movement type player, but it creates problems for the defenders who don't know what he's doing. Do you know what I mean? He, he creates that abilities, and he just has a knack for being a very good wide receiver, just plain and simple. He gets open. You know, It doesn't have to be pretty. He gets open, and he catches the ball a majority of the time that he's open. So the issue, and I think where that gap came from, is, is the reports from camp, and not only that, but I do think Zach Wilson really likes Elijah Moore. For me, I think that's where that's at. I think Joe Flacco saw a little bit more time with Garrett Wilson in the preseason, and I think that's why you're seeing this large target share to Garrett Wilson, because both of them are open. You see some of that, you watch some of the tape, and Elijah Moore's open when Garrett Wilson's open as well. It's mm-hmm. just, it seems like Flacco's favoriting Garrett Wilson at the moment, um, which is not for any poor reason. Like I said, I, I really liked Garrett Wilson. I think he's the better wide receiver. I think ultimately he will become like the wide receiver there, and I think Elijah Moore's a great compliment to him. I don't think that that's an issue. I just am going to be worried once Zach Wilson does come back, what exactly happens here? What does this passing offense look like? I don't think they're throwing 59 times with Zach Wilson. I know it's crazy to sound like that. Like, you would think they'd throw more with their starting quarterback than their backup. But, like, I think Zach Wilson's game, and once he comes back, I think they shelter him a little bit more than they do Flacco. I think there's going to be a little bit of an uptick with Carter and Hall seeing a couple more runs heavy to the game as well as increasing Elijah Moore I think sees more targets so I do like Garrett Wilson as a good ad I'm not looking to sell him um and I think I feel comfortable starting him as a flex player at this point just because of what Flacco is doing but once Wilson comes back I feel like you might want to temper that and maybe not be so easy to put him in your lineup until we see where Zach Wilson likes to throw the ball which I think is going to end up going back to that Elijah Moore and I think we see it kind of settle back out a little I, I kind of agree with you. Yeah, I, I think, would you start Garrett this week over Elijah, though, knowing that we've just seen over the past couple weeks and all those targets against the Bengals? Would you play? I mean, you probably don't have both, right? But where would you where would you project these guys this week? Garrett Wilson ahead of Elijah, or are you still Elijah over Wilson? I'm, over, I'm Garrett over Elijah at this point. I, I think it's pretty okay. clear at this moment yeah. that, like I said, I you even see it when Cooper Rush came in last week with Dallas. You know, he targeted Noah Brown a lot and early on I mean CD got his own he ended up having more targets but like the quarterback tends to lean towards what they're used to and we saw it even early on like the whole thing with Allen Robinson you know Stafford was getting in trouble early and quick and he was going to Cooper Cup Higby the guys that have been there so for me I feel like Garrett Wilson saw a lot of reps and I just think that Flacco feels comfortable with them and that's why he's throwing it to him over Elijah Moore personally so and Elijah's would be a buy low for you. We'll get into buy lows a little later on. We'll break yeah. a bit. We'll do some buy lows. But Elijah, I, I assume from listening to you that Elijah, I mean, he can be had. Everybody's yeah. talking about Garrett Wilson, right? And, if you go look at Yahoo, you see actually a downtick in ownership on Elijah, believe it yeah. or not. There's people out there who play 18, 10 teams. It's mm-hmm. difficult decisions need to be made. So Elijah, I mean, the door is open for him if you want it. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be against it. Um, I'm not actively trying to get him just because I, I could also see the, the aspect where Garrett Wilson is just better and Zach Wilson yeah. tends to I, just go to him, you know? Yeah. And I, it could go that way. I just know that mm-hmm. in camp and everything, it was Garrett Wilson and all these highlights to Elijah Moore. So I know Wilson likes more, so I can see where right. it will flip. 
but I can also easily see where it stays the same. Before we move on from the Jets, Medi's in the house as he gave up his Jets season tickets a few years ago for obvious reasons. Now he's just living <laughs> that red zone life. Uh, I will actually be at a Jets game this weekend watching Garrett Wilson. I have a couple shares of him. I'll roll him out in my flex, but I have a lot of Brees Hall. Um, the leaks that I have him in, it felt like nobody wanted him. He fell to like the fifth and sixth towards, you know, closer towards the season. Um, I think the change in guard is happening soon. I did see a lot of Ty Johnson on the field in third down situations, two minute drill last week, which really bothered me. Uh, we did get a Brees Hall receiving touchdown. He looks good when he's on the field. I don't think Michael Carter is going to ever go away. He's getting that first and second down opportunities. He is getting, you know, third down opportunities. At least I saw that in that Cleveland game. You know, he still had you know, five targets, a couple, a few grabs. Uh, and, uh, and Brees Hall after what was a crazy week one usage out of the backfield, you know, certainly through the air. It wasn't the case in week two. How would you rank these guys this week? How would you rank them moving forward? Michael Carter, Brees Hall. I'm very surprised that Michael Carter is garnishing this much work early on. Um, I, I mean, I am, I'm not. I thought that Brees Hall would come in, and I thought Brees Hall was the superior running back. He can play all three downs. He's a bigger-bodied runner. Um, but the Jets obviously like Michael Carter, and for good reason. I mean, he's showing it on the field why Michael Carter should still be involved in this offense. So for me at this moment, I think you just have to kind of, like you said, almost temper those expectations. I think they could arguably both be top 24 running backs by the end of the season just because of their usage. You know, They're both getting involved in the passing game, and that's another thing that is like, oh, okay, when Wilson comes back, where are we going to be at? Like, Is he going to check it down, or is he going to be a little bit more reckless opposed to Flacco? Is he going to run? Mm-hmm. So you're going to see, a, I think you'll see a lot of change amongst this Jets offense once Wilson's back, but at right now, I mean, a lot of these guys, they're, they're flex startable. I think both of them are on a weekly basis, depending on the matchup. You know, I mean, Cleveland just gave up, or Cincinnati, I think, is going to be viable for both of them to start this week. Um, I'm not, like, rolling them out there expecting a ton from them. But, I mean, if you right. have, flex depending plays. on your lineups, those flex plays, I think 10 points is easily reachable for both of these guys. And they have that upside. Like you said, you saw week one, I mean, Carter and Reese Hall saw a decent work in the target share. So if you're playing PPR... I mean, they could easily be 12, 15 points. I, th- I think like 19 targets between them in, in week one, or at least Flacco threw the ball 19 times to his running backs. He has a league high 103 passing attempts through two weeks, which that's is absurd. just crazy. Like, yeah, that's it's absolutely bonkers, especially when you look at everybody else and all the quarterbacks. Uh, so we'll move on from the Jets. I, I think that Hall eventually over time, I'm willing to buy on Hall. I wouldn't give up too much. I think, you know, he does have upside to be a, an RB2. And and what I saw in week one is like, wow, this guy could be a bell cow back in the league. Like we all expect, I mean, getting the catches right away. Uh, but you're right. Carter does look good. Last year he was, you know, around the top 12 and, you know, elusive rating and forced miss and tackles from rushing and receiving combined. So, I mean, he's a pretty good running back. Uh, but I think Hall eventually, you mentioned Lamb. Let's, let's do this and then we'll break and we'll look at the most dropped. Unless there's anybody else on this list, Tyler, if you want to show it one more time, we do have some people here. Uh, Jordan Heckler in the house. Hey, I picked up Tua. Who's better for fantasies this this season? Personally, I would go with Tua over Jimmy G just because, uh, I mean, I know Jimmy G has some, does have obviously some really good weapons, a nice play caller. I mean, McDaniel and Shanahan are kind of doing similar things, and I think we can expect that. McDaniel's been linked to Shanahan his whole career. But I think there's more upside in Tua. I don't know. 100%. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I agree. Crazy. I think two is the the upside play. I mean, if you wanted a safe backup, if you're playing one QB or like a third quarterback, I mean, 
Jimmy G's going to be yeah. fine, but like he's not going to give you that massive blow up week like two ahead last week. Exactly. You're not going to get that. And and they're in. You're not going to get that. And they're both in tough spots this week. We mentioned two against Miami, and, and Jimmy has to go into Denver and play the Broncos. And this final question's easy for me. Um, Heckler, Christian Kirk. I mean, it's just volume and opportunity for me. Christian Kirk. He's the clear number one in this Jacksonville offense. Uh, they play to a fast place. They pace. They play aggressively. I mean, they have to, right? They still have a lot of holes defensively. I don't hate their squad overall. I think it's better than what most people, you know, think when it comes to this Jags team. But I've really liked what I've seen from Christian Kirk through two games. Jeremy. I mean, volume, opportunity, high A dot. I mean, it's all there. Air yards. It's all there. And I think Christian Kirk's lack of draft capital, like the ADP that was going on all offseason, was just more of a bitter taste from the past. Like, Christian Kirk's burned so many people in the past from last year he was he was better. But years before, we expected him to come in, and we expected a lot out of Christian Kirk, and he never really delivered. Last year he did to an extent, and then this year he's just seeing the target volume. Like you said, he's the clear number one. They paid him, and they're using him like they paid him. That's They brought him in there to be that, and that's what they're using him for. And he's a good football player. There's nothing against him. It's, he's never not been that. It's just always been that issue of like usage and con- like continuity amongst his target share and whatnot in Arizona. And here he's getting that in Jacksonville. And – I mean, I, I honestly, I wrote something up, takeaway from this week. I feel like Christian Kirk is a guy that you can start every week and not even have to worry about it. You know, you just I said plug it to him Jake in, this m- even as absolutely. a flex player. I mean, maybe yeah. not your high-end wide receivers, but, like, he's going to get you 15 points almost every week just because of the target I, volume. And yeah. he's so explosive that he could rip one off and you, boom, 20 weeks. Absolutely. He's got three catches of at least 25-plus yards. I had him ranked aggressively last week as wide receiver 20-ish. I think I'm going to have him as a low-end wide receiver, too. The rest of the the rest of the year, it's a bit of a tougher spot this week, and then maybe he has to deal with Darius Slay next week. But the volume's going to be there. Using our pace tools, the Jags last year. I mean, I know it's a different offense, and it's a it's a better offense, of course, with Doug Peterson calling the plays and not Urban Meyer. But they ran at a fast pace last year, the quickest. I think it was like twenty five seconds per snap. Pass rate was inside the top five, and just through two weeks, it's very very similar. Uh, and it's okay, Jordan. He says, "Oops, he picked up." You know, Garrett Wilson, I still think you have a really good wide receiver in Garrett Wilson, but I would do what you can to get Christian Kirk on your squad. We'll get to that question, Jay, in a little bit. We have to break. I wanted to ask about Lamb. I want to ask what you're doing with CeeDee Lamb. You mentioned Brown in there as well. I want to get your trust on how you feel about CeeDee Lamb moving forward without Dak. Uh, and then we'll take a look at the most draw players as well. Lots of fantasy football talk here, guys, with Jeremy. Hang tight. We'll be back in a couple Bunch of Mean Streets, alive on Game Plus Network. Chris Meany and Jeremy here with you. We are going through the most added and dropped players. We're taking some fantasy football questions. We'll get to the Jay Rob question a little bit here, Jay. Uh, one more, I guess, Wilson. He seems to be a hot topic, Jeremy, right? He's most picked up. He's coming off a big week. Uh, this is a question from Elite Diz here. Uh, should I start Garrett Wilson or Michael Thomas? Michael Thomas has looked pretty good through the first two weeks. He's got himself uh, three touchdowns, 11 grabs on 17 targets. He's got a matchup against Carolina in Carolina. And then we have Garrett Wilson uh, at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. Which way are you leaning here? Uh, oh. All right. So I do have Michael Thomas ranked higher than him this week. Um, just because I feel like he's safer. Uh, mm-hmm. as, as sad as that sounds. I just I, I do think that he is pretty much guaranteed most likely a touchdown against Carolina. I feel like he's looked pretty good. That New Orleans offense has been okay. I mean, yeah, they struggle a little bit against Tampa Bay, but who doesn't? So Carolina's not the same monster, so I'm leaning towards I'm, I'm guessing he's going to find the end zone, Michael Thomas, and he's probably going to have that standard five 
50, five catches for 50 yards, probably going to have 15, 20 points. But if you want to shoot for the upside, I don't hate it. Um, I mean, Cincinnati struggled against Cooper Rush on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I know that their defense was pretty good last year. This year it's been very hit or miss, and I I feel like they let Noah Brown beat them. CeeDee Lamb had a pretty decent day, didn't find the end zone, but I mean, Tony Pollard had a big run against them. Like, Cincinnati's defense looks a little shaky right now. There's definitely a Super Bowl runner-up hangover, if that's a thing out there. But <laughs> It <like>, might be. <laughs> like, I don't hate it. I mean, Garrett Wilson's seen a lot of target volume, very similar to Garrett. I mean, he's seen wide receiver two, wide receiver one target yes. volume at the moment. So, like, yeah, if you want to shoot for it and you want to play that hot hand, I don't hate it. Um, I do have Garrett Wilson ranked in, like, the 30s range for wide receivers. So, it's, like, wide receiver three. So, like, he's startable. He uh, is. I don't, I don't hate it. I would I would go with Thomas. I don't hate it either. I think what you said is I agree with a lot of what you said, but I would go with Thomas here. I do believe actually Thomas has a, a bit of a higher ceiling. I've liked what I've seen from him for the from the first couple of weeks. He's getting some end zone targets. He's finding a way to score some touchdowns. Jameis, uh, I do have some concerns about Jameis moving forward with the back and things like that, but uh, I think Michael Thomas is, is the way to go there. And Jordan says he now has Rodgers and Tua. So I don't like to have two quarterbacks, but, you know, if Rodgers – gets into a bit of a groove, I would look to maybe sell high on him and and you just maybe just roll with Tua. I, I think that Rodgers does have a, a higher ceiling, give, even though he has the lack of weapons. I just don't love rolling two quarterbacks in a single quarterback league. I know that those guys are not top five. I think when you have a top five, it's easier to just kind of cut bait with anybody else and just roll that top five out every week, but uh, it can be pretty tough uh, at times. I feel like it's tough on Make the decision. styles, too. You know, like some like yeah. I've had people reach out to me on Twitter and stuff, and they're like, hey, what's should I cut this guy or not like but my league really garners quarterbacks you know some some one quarterback leagues depending on who you're playing with like people roster three quarterbacks because they I know they just do hoard them all so like then you have no free agents so in that aspect like yeah I guess you're gonna hold on to both of them because if something happens to one like it's true agent choice might be you know like a backup there might even be a starter in a free agent so I guess it really depends on that but I'm in a league where, you know, I'm I'm hurting already, you know, with Trey Lance. I had Trey Lance as my quarterback, and I don't really want to roll with Jimmy, and there's other guys out there like Fields. I'm not super excited, but we'll get to Fields in a second, this Bears offense, actually. One more thing. I mentioned Lamb and Noah Brown. I mean, Noah Brown, like, to your point, right? I mean, backup quarterback, running with backup offense, second-team offense, so built in the rapport. It seemed like there was a connection between Noah Brown and – and Cooper Rush, are you really even starting Brown this week? Is this just a stash? And what are you doing with CD Lamb? Like, what do you do with CD Lamb moving forward? Do you buy low on this guy, or do you roll him out just because it's CD Lamb and he has upside? A matchup against the Giants, I could see myself benching him over a lot of players this week. Yeah, for CD Lamb, I feel like he's a guy that I, where I drafted him, I'm not going to get that return at the moment. So. I can feel bitter, but I feel like he's still a guy that you roll out there depending on your starting lineup format. You know, if you start two wide receivers and a singular flex, I'm sure you have somebody on your roster that I'd rather start. But if you have two or three flex players, I'm probably starting Lamb um, just because he still saw 11 targets, which led the Cowboys. He just only caught five. So now the question comes, like, or he caught seven, sorry. But he... um, it was like, where is the aspect to that? You know, is it, is it going to be that he sees all these targets and they're just poor targets and it's not going to vault 
into anything, but I mean, he did have 75 yards. So it's not like he was completely useless. It was 15 fantasy points. He ended up as somewhere in the wide receiver two range. So I still feel like Lamb's a viable starter. Um, as far as Noah Brown goes, I'm very less interested. Um, I, I think he's a good add if you're really desperate, but I'm not going to like say go pick up Noah Brown for CD Lamb. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Gotcha. You'd play Lamb over DK Metcalf. 100%. This week. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into the most drop. There's a lot of bears on here. Uh, this is from Yahoo over the last 24 hours. Cole Komet, uh, back-to-back donuts for you. Taysom Hill was actually one of the most added last week. Now, of course, one of the most dropped. We talked on the show how it was a trap. Uh, Albert O's on here. Darnell Mooney. Kadarius Tony was on here last week as well. Uh, DJ Chark, nice week one. Not a whole lot happening from a week two. Matt Ryan looks awful. I understand uh, this drop. Even in, in super flex leagues, a lot of the quarterbacks we've already t- touched on, I would definitely I would roll out Wentz over him. I'd roll out Goff over him. Uh, Devontae Parker's on this list. Donovan Peoples-Jones, one of the most added. Now, all of a sudden, one of the most dropped. Same with Robbie Anderson, right? It's, it's the high Highs and lows, uh, I don't want to say people are panicking. Maybe this is a little bit of shallow league stuff. Uh, who's on this list that you feel shouldn't be on this list? Is it Darnell Mooney, or are you comfortable moving on from him? Yeah, Darnell Mooney is a, a very interesting topic. I feel like it's safe to move on from him depending on, again, your league format. I The Bears' offense is just bad when it comes to passing the football. I don't know don't if it's... To. I, that's what I mean. Uh, is it just the coaches not trusting Justin Fields? Like, where, where is it at? Like, you, they were in that game to an extent against Green Bay, and they just refused to throw the ball. Like, they just didn't. Crazy. And it's like, normally, like, even the Jaguars will step back and chuck it. You know, Houston will chuck it. Like, they're like, we're in the game. Like, let's give it a shot. It just seemed like they were like... Eh, we'll just try and grind it out. Maybe we'll we get close. You know, like, like I just, I'm really torn because I, I, the upside's there. We've seen it from Darnell Mooney, but again, like it, at this point, you're two, three weeks in. I get it's like, oh, don't panic. But you know, if you're zero and two because you started Darnell Mooney two weeks in a row, like, yeah, I'm probably looking to move on from him. You know, <laughs> so I get that and. I mean, for me, Cole Komet, I get that. Yeah, I'm I'm done with Cole Komet this year. And any type of redraft, if you're playing Dynasty, sure, hold on to him. But redraft, redraft, just cut him. I mean, he has done nothing. He's barely been even looked at or glanced at by Justin Fields. Two targets. Yeah, and his, like, 30 pass attempts in two games. So, like, I just, no. Cole Komet's done, I think, for this year. Maybe you see a late-season breakout, but it's not like – anybody's gonna rush to him you'll be able to re-pick him up so yeah i'm willing to take the loss on cole Komet. i it's we nobody was ever reaching for him but after the top 10 11 12 tight ends went off the board if i didn't get an elite one then i was you know i was i was in i was like yeah i'll take cole Komet here i mean Mm -hmm. he started off slow last year and uh he he finished the 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 year strong i didn't the bears didn't do anything it's it's very telling now what Chicago wants to do. We knew it was going to be a run-heavy offense with multiple running backs and Justin Fields, and they didn't do anything through the offseason. I mean, Vilas Jones was a felt like a wasted draft pick. They brought in just like Dante Pettis and Economia St. Brown. Like the pieces that they have on the squad is not fantastic. It was like Mooney and Komet. That's why I was interested. I look at the matchup this week. It's like, oh, Texans, you can toss, you can toss on them, you can throw on them. Maybe this is a maybe this is a Mooney week, but Fields has 28 pass attempts. And the Texans are probably – that's going to be a game that's maybe a touchdown game. Like, if both teams are kind of in the game. What makes – what? why should I believe that Fields is going to throw on the Texans? To your point, when they're down double-digit score, 
like double digit points, two scores against the Packers. They didn't even bother. And it felt like their offense rolled a little bit better running the ball, but they didn't even try uh, to throw the football. So yeah, I, I agree. I think Mooney uh, on that list, I, you know, if you're in a 10 team, you, you drop him. I wouldn't buy low. I definitely wouldn't start him. If you're in a bigger league, you just have to have him on your bench. And maybe this offense does change moving forward. But Jeremy, and, I just I just don't see it, man. And maybe you hit on a later pick. You know, maybe in your draft you hit on somebody that was a little bit later, you know, that like a Garrett Wilson or something that you can kind of hedge with Mooney where you can hold him on your bench and stash him. I'm not opposed to that. I just think that at the moment he's definitely unstartable. I mean, I, I mentioned to some people on Twitter, I'll, I'll eat the L, you know, but, like, I was going to start him this week against Green Bay. I thought they were going to be down. I'm, I'm like, they're going to have Same. to throw, yeah. you know. Like, yeah. you couldn't take any way, thing away from the first game because it was just a monsoon. Like, so you didn't right. realize that maybe that's just the Bears' offense. Maybe they're just going <laughs> to run the ball all the time. So, like – at this point, I think it's pretty clear. It wasn't, I mean, it was a little rainy, but, like, the weather was fine in, in Green Bay, and they still chose to just hand the ball off to David Montgomery. So, I just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Montgomery's the lead guy in this offense, not just 100%. carrying the ball, but also receiving uh, catches as well. He's been the guy that's been getting the targets for fields. We'll take another break here. Jeremy, hang tight. Going to uh, show you a list of the top 10 traded players. Also take some of your uh, start and sit questions as well as a couple by low candidates here from Jeremy. So hang tight. Lots more to get to here on Mean Streets. Welcome back in. It's Jeremy and Chris Meany here with you talking fantasy football. Here's a list of the top 10 traded players over the last 24 hours in CBS leagues. Of course, we just mentioned CeeDee Lamb. I think he's a great buy low. I do believe that. A little hesitant on what he's, you know, I don't feel too super confident, even though Dak and him didn't look all that great in week one. Uh, it still was uh, the Bucks. I just wonder if he, if, if he can be actually an elite wide receiver one in this league. I think it remains to be seen if he can handle top coverage, but uh, we'll see. Henderson, Jeff Wilson, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Zeke, James Robinson, Terry McLaurin, Kyle Pitts, Rashad Bateman, and DK Metcalf. Definitely want to touch on Pitts with you, but there's a lot of Robinson stuff happening here in the chat. Jay's asking, you know, are you buying in on the revival here of, of Jay Robinson? Deesh is saying he's thinking of trading both Michael Carter and Jay Robinson. Um, Jay Robinson, man, it's, it's unbelievable, right? Uh, coming off the Achilles injury, he looks fantastic. He's definitely the lead in this offense. It's something that Doug Peterson said in the offseason, which would be the case. I don't think anybody really bought it, Jeremy. Uh, but, you know, he was basically free in drafts outside the, the 10th round for sure, 12th, 13th round in some leagues, running back 40, 45. Uh, I have a lot of shares of him because he was basically free, and I've been pleasantly surprised with what I've seen from him for a couple weeks. Are you buying? Yeah, I mean, J-Rob's J definitely an interesting case. I was one that was a little bit on the, the hesitant side. You know, I mean, the Achilles injury has not been favorable to running backs, and the only real option that we had coming back recently would have been Marlon Mack, who didn't look overly great last season, and then Cam Akers came back really quick and did not look overly great again, you know, and the, the question was Rosen with Cam Akers is, was it the offensive line with the Rams, you know, where was he at? And this past week, we got to see a little bit of a, a revival, you could maybe say, from Cam Akers. He looked a little bit better outside of a couple carries that the offensive line was just bad, you know, and it, it hurts their yards per carry. But to me, I... I Robinson is, is an outlier to me, man. He looks good. Um, I mean, I, it seems like he might be, like, a step back from what he was. I don't think he has as much explosiveness. Like, it doesn't necessarily, like, look as he's moving as fast as he was, like, the years prior. But, like, I think that he still looks good. He's solid, and 
they really like him, obviously. I mean, they're giving him the bulk load of the rushing work, which is not a bad thing. Um, I mean, he doesn't see really any receiving work because ETN is there, and I think they favor him in that aspect of the game. So Robinson, but he's going to have what everything, and ultimately everything comes down to in fantasy, which is touchdowns. You know, He's going to get that work near the goal line. He does, and he's a little bit bigger of that back, and they like him in that role, and he's going to be kind of vulturing touchdowns I think from ETN or even the passing game so for me I'm in on him I'm not looking to spend a ton on him I don't know if he's going to necessarily be a buy low kind of guy because I think everybody's kind of realizing that hey maybe he's not washed maybe this Achilles injury didn't like affect him enough that he's not going to be viable anymore like I got him he someone dropped him in week one in in one of my leagues and I picked him up off the waiver wire for for free obviously because it was like past that and nobody else put a claim or anything it was like free ad at that point I added him and you know he's sitting on my bench but like you know 15 points from a running back at this point and as far as the NFL season's gone 15 points from a running back is almost a a, a low-end RB1 like the running backs are not performing by any means as far as that goes so I mean, 15 points out of a flex player is real good, and I just I don't want to move on from him because I, I think he's a good value. You know, you got him so late, like you had mentioned, Chris, and why get rid of that value? I mean, you're not going to be able to trade. It. Like, you're not going to trade James Robinson, like the one guy I had said in there, um, for like a Leonard Fournette style. Like, I don't think you can get that. I mean, if you can get that deal done, maybe. But, sure. like, you're going to be giving up other things, and how's that really going to look? Like, to me, I'd rather just hold on to James Robinson. Like, yeah, Leonard Fournette's going to have probably some more boom wakes, but honestly, Robinson could find the end zone and fall in two or three times, and you've got a running back one on that week because the Jaguars have a good week, and he's the inside the five guy. So Yeah, he's just a couple years removed from being a top six, top seven running back in his, you know, his first season in the NFL, but of course, there's no ETN that season, right? I mean, I agree. ETN is a guy that's still going to get some usage out of the backfield catching passes. He's hitting his receiving yard prop every single week, and he does look good when he touches the field, but Robinson does seem like that lead, the goal line back there, and that's just it. You got him for free. Why? I think more, I think people are just wondering if they should sell him right it's like hey i got this guy for free maybe the injury pops up again he looks good should i should i sell him is it gonna be more etn moving forward and the gap could close i think but for where you got him he's free like you said you roll him out as your flex i think that's uh that's perfectly fine dude we have to take one more break i'm sorry (laughs) have one or two by low candidates uh ready to go here for the next block we only have about three or four more minutes with jeremy but we want to uh see who he's liking and we'll get to that question julio as well kirk and eckler for Swift, Jamal, and Mike Williams. Looks like a blockbuster. Uh, we'll talk about that, and we'll get a couple by uh, targets from Jeremy after the break. Hang tight. One more here on Mean Streets. All right, Jeremy, let's rapid fire through some of these questions so we can get to a by candidate. Mr. Curly Wolf in the house. Hey, guys, start two. Um, bench two. What he's got here? He's got Carter, Cooper, Olave, G- James Robinson. Um, start two, bench two. I think you got to play um, Cooper, no? Just hold all those targets he had. Yeah, I'd probably I don't remember. Who do they have this week? I'm trying to pull We got up. Steelers. Oof. Steelers tomorrow. Oh, it's a Thursday nighter, isn't it? Yeah, yeah Thursday night games, I know, on the fence. But I, um, I think, personally, I'd go with Robinson and Cooper there. Yeah, I probably would, too. Yeah. Um, would you trade Kirk and Eckler for Swift? Jamal and Mike Williams, so you'll have the handcuff. You got two Detroit. I feel like it's almost a wasted bench spot, even though you know Swift hasn't had a full season yet in the NFL. But what side are you on on this trade, Kirk Eckler or Swift Jamal Mike Williams? 
I almost feel like I'd just stay with Kirk and I like Eckler. it. You know, I like like it. I like Swift's upside. I love DeAndre Swift by by any means. I just feel like Mike Williams is very a, a biotile guy, and I think that he like he's he has good weeks, but it's like we saw it last year. You know, he, he was very good in the beginning of the half, and then he just disappeared for off the face of the earth. You know, he has has a big week without Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen comes back soon. I mean, he's not going to be gone for all year, so it's like where Kirk is the guy and Eckler, he's going to get his usage. You know, he's not getting as much usage as he did in the past, but, like, he's still putting up points. I mean, he was still, like, a top five running back this week with, like, He just doesn't have any touchdowns. That's it. That's yeah. it. He's second in the in among backs and targets. He's fine. He's getting a lot of uh, opportunities still, just no touchdowns. All right, buy low, sell high. I got a couple na- names here. I just think these guys are candidates, could be had. Tyler, let's roll through it quickly, and we'll wrap up with uh, a buy low for Jeremy. You know, Cook, of course, it's fresh. Kamara hasn't played in a couple weeks. I'm a little bit worried about Kamara, but I think, you know, he certainly can be had. Uh, if your running backs are okay, you know, if you can get this guys like your third back on the cheap, I mean, why not? CD Lamb's on here, DJ Moore, Juju, Kyle Pitts. Oh, my goodness, I don't even know. Uh, but Kyle Pitts certainly can be had. I wouldn't sell him, uh, but he can be had. And then a couple sell-high candidates here as well. Uh, Gibson, potentially with Robinson coming back, Cordell Patterson, Daryl Henderson. I do believe Akers will overtake him over time. Lock could come off the big week. Why not sell him? I don't believe in DuVernay or Corey Davis. But give me a guy that you're looking to get uh, this week. Yeah, for me, I – it's going to be kind of, like, not the, the flashiest, but, like, for me, David Montgomery's always been a guy that I really like. Um, and I think right now that so many people are out on him just because of the offseason narratives of, like, hey, Cleo Herbert's coming for his job. He doesn't fit the running scheme that they're bringing in. This, that, everything's against him, you know. And But clearly through the first two weeks, it's, the Bears want to get the ball in his hands. Um, I mean, he's, he's, he's seen 50% of the rushing attempts. He's seen 53% of the team's rushing yards. He's seen 21% of the team's targets. He's seen, with that, it's 33% of their receptions and 90% of their yards. And he, I mean, he only has 38, but, you know, the passing game's not so great. But he's <laughs> producing. You know, he has 40% of the team's scrimmage yards, basically. That's that's David Montgomery right now. And he's the RB22 with 26, I mean, 23 fantasy points. That hasn't been the greatest start to the season for running backs. But, like, I don't think Herbert's taking his job. I, I He's looked good on Sunday Night Football. And I think that Herbert's a nice accessory piece. He's a little bit more explosive in a small sample size. But I think that Montgomery is a very good running back. I think he gets a lot of knock because he's not supposedly, like, super efficient. But, like, he gets the job done. They like him. And, obviously, the Bears don't trust Justin Fields, like we had mentioned earlier, by the looks of it. So I feel like it's going to be a lot of running. And there's going to be that volume that we've always gotten from David Montgomery. And I feel like he's probably pretty cheap. So for me, it's more of like a roster securing move. I don't think that David Montgomery is going to come in and, and win you a week here or there, but like he's going to give you that consistent 15, 16 points. If he falls in the end zone, which he hasn't yet this year, I mean, you might get a 20 point week and, you know, he might be a low end RB1. He might get you up into that upper area. But I think that for the cost and what you're going to get um, with how many few workhorses are actually available and affordable at the NFL level. I think David Montgomery is a good target, and I, I just think you're not going to give up a lot for him, and you're going to get a decent return. And look at the back of the football card from last year. A lot of catches from him. It's not just mm-hmm. through the first two weeks. Last year with Fields, a lot of targets and a lot of catches as well. Jeremy, fantastic stuff, dude. I wish we had more time. Let's do this again soon. Check out Jeremy sure. on the Twitter machine, Pope's FFH, and look for him doing some video content for us over at FTN Network on our YouTube page. We'll say goodbye to you for now, Jeremy. Good luck this week. Check out all his rankings, ftnfantasy.com. we got an MLB pick for you to wrap up Mean Streets. We'll be back in a couple. Welcome back in. One MLB prop 
here for you. It's Robbie Ray over six and a half strikeouts, a matchup against the Oakland Athletics. You look at Robbie Ray's splits. This matchup is on the road. He's got an ERA at home of 2.73 and an ERA on the road at 5.08. This game is in Oakland, as I mentioned, but a spacious ballpark and not a great offensive team. They're in the bottom three in every single category that I care about over the last month of the season. They check in with the 12th highest striker rate against lefties. And over the last 30 days, they have a 14.2 swinging strike percentage, which is the highest mark in baseball. So over Robbie Ray, over at DraftKings, minus 120, six and a half strikeouts. If you're looking for more, ftmbets.com, our bet tracker. Meanie's the promo code, and we'll have MLB picks and props around the time and come your way on Game Plus Network at 6 Eastern. Until then, we will talk to you tomorrow. Cheers.